Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The Race for the Ring, episode 125, Layers of Love, with Dr. Marissa T. Cohen. Welcome to The Race for the Ring, the podcast about dating and embracing self-love and inner confidence. I'm your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm an entrepreneur, two-time author, keynote speaker, television contributor, and soon-to-be psychotherapist. Since re-entering the dating world after my divorce, I found dating life eye-opening. In an age of online swiping and in-person meetups, I found the world of love and lust has been a confusing place to be. So each week, we will chat with a different dating king or queen, socialite, or relationship expert and explore the many facets of dating today and come up with our clear plan on how to find the finest fish in the sea. Ready, set, go. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Race for the Ring. Today, we were going to kind of peel back the onion, or maybe there's a better... A better uh, symbol I can share with you um, for the layers of love. We're going to go through different stages of relationships. And our guest today, Marissa T. Cohen, is a licensed family therapist. Um, She's also a psychologist. And she's going to share with us different stages and hiccups that may come along the way, whether you're in a new relationship, well, not even a relationship yet, You're, you're newly seeing somebody kind of on the the cusp of having a relationship with them, you're headed in that direction. Um, How do you know when they're into you, when they're not into you? When should you broach subjects that might be a little controversial? Um, Her answers might surprise you. We also talk about... um, couples therapy and the importance of going before you have an issue. And you not just for married couples, it's really important for couples who are in a relationship that may just be dating to also consider going when they are not having a problem. That's key. That's key. When you're not having a problem, it's sort of like a coach, although they're therapist. They're not a coach. They're much more school than a coach might be, um, but they can definitely help you kind of avoid um, issues that might be coming up along the way. So uh, our guest today, as I said, is a psychologist, and she's also a marriage and family therapist, relationship expert, and um, she also contributes to a lot of dating apps such as Paired and a bunch of others that um, I'm not going to get into with the names, but she she's uh, very much a consultant in that realm, and she um, works with a variety of um, a different 
couples and also relationship sites and created Hilly, which is an app that's designed to create and enhance social connections overall. So we get right into it with Dr. Marissa. Hello, Dr. Marissa T. Cohen. Good Friday to you. How are you? Hi, happy Friday. I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, I'm good. A little sleepy today. Had a long day yesterday with um project, but I'm happy it's the end of the week. Um yes. excited to have you on the show. Excited to be here. Thank you so much. So you have an interesting story. I just did a little intro for all of our Race for the Ring listeners. Um, tell everyone listening, like, what it was about this industry that, you know, the clinical side of psychology that was so appealing to you and maybe a little bit about your backstory about how you started in another um, element of psychology. Sure, sure. So um, I'm actually a career changer. I am currently a marriage and family therapist, but there were a bunch of different things that led me down this path. And my first career, I was in higher ed, a psychology professor. And as part of my job, I actually co-founded and directed a lab, which was called the Self-Awareness and Bonding Lab. And it is a relationship science lab where we did academic research research, basically looking at what makes some relationships successful and what are some potential pitfalls in other relationships and how can we really strengthen, you know, partnerships. And I fell so in love with the relationship science piece of it that I slowly started doing outreach and work with different dating apps, mental health apps, and um, the work with couples was just so interesting and engaging that I decided to go back and pursue a master's in marriage and family therapy and open up my own practice. That's so, so exciting. It's a great way to connect the relationship science research with, you know, real issues that couples face every day. That's so, so interesting. So we're going to get into some, um, maybe like three layers of uh, building a relationship, if you will. But before we do, I'm curious, what are the main things that you see in your practice today coming out of like the pandemic and and things like that, that couples are facing? Is there a a theme or is it sort of a case by case? Everybody has different issues per se. Oh, that's such a good question. Um, So I see both individuals and couples. And while each, you know, client, whether the client is a couple or the individual has their own unique life circumstances, lived experiences and the things that they're working on, there are some themes that I'm starting to kind of see pop up more right now Mm -hmm. for a lot of the individuals. It's a lot of, for those that are interested in relationships and relationship related issues, it's a lot of like dating fatigue and frustration with, you know, finding a partner and the world of online dating. Mm. That's a big one. Mm -hmm. And for couples, we're starting to see a lot of, you know, issues surrounding communication, how to improve communication or partners that have different communication styles. And sometimes the messages are kind of, you know, getting lost when they're trying to navigate difficult issues that they're facing Mm -hmm. and just after the 
pandemic, it was a lot of stress that people were facing for extended periods of time. Mm-hmm. So any existing cracks that might have been present in the relationship, they came out during this time because of that extra added level of stress. Yeah. And they were stuck in a house with a person like 24 seven. Yeah. So they weren't really, I guess, escape, not to make light of it, but like to leave, like go to work or get out of the house. Like, you know, maybe they were more glaring issues when you're facing them on a, you know, constant, you know, basis, if you will. Um, I'm curious what you said about the, um, the dating fatigue. I, I honestly can see that. I, I, I do you think that the online um, platforms that are much more pre- prevalent today than they were in the past are sort of a culprit? Or do you think it's just because our lifestyles are different and people are, you know, more women are obviously working today and men and women are more career minded than perhaps they were in the past and things like that? What are your thoughts? Well, yeah, I think it's people's approach to dating, which can sometimes lead to problems. Hmm. Um, and, and by that, I basically mean that a lot of people are feeling very, very pressured to, you know, get on these dating sites, respond to every single person that messages them, go out with every single person because they're essentially trying to play like a numbers game. And they're like, the more people I meet, the faster I'm going to find like, quote, the one, and then I'll be able to settle down and be in a relationship if that's what a person is looking for. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is they're just, you know, spending so much time in energy at, you know, a time when they're just feeling like burnt out where they have other commitments, you know, other important relationships in their life, like their family and their friends. Mm -hmm. And if they're devoting too much energy and they're just not feeling it, I always encourage people like, listen to yourself, trust yourself and take a break. Because even if you want to, you know, find a relationship, if you are not in the right frame of mind, if you're just not feeling dating at this point and you kind of push yourself into that position, the perfect person, well, there's no such thing as perfect, I would argue, but a wonderful person that you could form a great partnership with might be sitting right across from you at the table and you're just not going to notice it because you're just feeling so overwhelmed by the process. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. I do that sometimes. Um, I mean, I definitely feel dating fatigue just because my schedule is so insanely packed. But like right now, I'm only on one app. I'm on, I'm on Bumble because I feel like mm-hmm. that at least enables me to have more control about who I communicate with um, to some degree. But I, I haven't looked at the app probably in I don't even remember, like maybe like three or four weeks. And I, I am talking to, I mean, I am seeing two other people or two people, but I mean, they're not serious relationships by any stretch or, or nor are we exclusive. So I technically, you know, should be dating other people, um, the apps and meeting more people, but I just don't have time. So I like just, I didn't, I didn't take myself off the app. I'm just not active on the app right now. Right, and then I'll right. go back. Yeah, yeah. Like you're on it, but it's kind of there in the background. And then you said, you know, something that I just want to kind of pick up on is like you said, I should be. And yeah. there's no such thing as a should. Like you have to do what's right for you and for your life in that moment. And there's all sorts of, you know, if you go online, you can find advice like XYZ will help you find, you know, you can't really follow a playbook. You really have to trust your instincts. And if you're feeling like there's so much, you know, going on in your life in this moment that you can't, 
you know, be on the app, that's important to kind of trust that gut feeling. And the other thing is, as you said, you know, the apps are still on my phone, but I haven't really been on them for three weeks. And if that's feeling good for you, that's great. But a lot of the people that, you know, I, I, been working with, mm-hmm. you know, apps have become gamified essentially. So you get all of these pop-ups, all of these, you know, the goal of the app is essentially to keep you on the app and to have you engage with the app. And people are just getting these floods of messages currently on their phone and it's leading mm-hmm. to a phone addiction essentially. Yeah, it's hard. I don't get the notification. I took the notifications off because I'm like, good, I, mean, good. I know I'm like, I, I, plus because I'm at work and stuff, like I can have my phone dinging with it. Pump, bumble, bumble. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, no, for sure. But I just like feel like when I go on, I, I'll check it out. And if I'm not on, then they'll there when I get back. It's all good. Exactly. So, yeah. So yeah. going to be present at work when you're at work, you're present on the app when you're in the app, but it's not like you are kind of stretched in between two worlds so you're trying to be at work but then getting pulled in by all like the dings and notifications on your phone yeah so it's it's a really great way to operate yeah I mean it works for me so hopefully it's helping other people listening too all right (laughs) all right Dr. Marissa so let's get into some of the signs so now you're actually met someone on an app or organically or whatever however you met the person right and you think it's going well but you're not sure and maybe you're getting like mixed messages from your partner that you're seeing like what are some of the signs that that you would say are are essentially green flags versus I don't want to say red flags, but signs that maybe the person's not as interested in you, not so much that they're a bad person, but maybe you're not the fit for them, but you like them, if that makes sense. You're into them. Mm-hmm. You're not sure they're into you to, to kind mm-hmm. of like clarify what I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and- Early dating experiences can be fun, but they can also lead to a lot of anxiety because if you think about it, it's kind of like this carefully orchestrated dance where we're both trying to figure out, am I interested in this person? Can I see myself with this person? Provided that you are looking for a long-term relationship or a mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. And then you're also trying to figure out like, you know, are, are they interested in me? Like, is there, what is the likelihood of a second date? What is the likelihood of a relationship? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things that you can look for, but the main thing is, is basically you're kind of going from this space in these early dating experiences where the focus goes from like I to you to we. And what I mean by that is, you know, especially when you first get to know a person, it's a lot about sharing who you are, you know, your interests, your background, your life, your lived experiences. And then you're starting to build that, like you're coming from a place of curiosity, learning more about that other person. You Mm -hmm. know, what brings you joy? What are your goals for the future? Where do you see yourself? Um, Who are you at your core? And then what really starts to signal that you are potentially going to be building a relationship with this person is it's all about the we. So our future together, our life, um, and you start to even see small shifts in conversation. People's Mm -hmm. conversations gets more future oriented. It gets more focused on like integration of, you know, and now I'm talking about people that may have been dating for several, you know, several weeks or maybe months, but you're talking about, 
you know, bringing the other person around your friends, around Mm -hmm. your family and engaging in activities that you are both interested in and, or just like sharing some of your interests with the other person. So it's about Mm -hmm. fusing your lives in some sort of way. That's great. So when you're not seeing that, I remember um, when I was, uh, I'm divorced, as I shared with you before we we started the show. So when I was single the first time um, before I was married, I remember I was like submitting over this guy and we didn't have the quote label boyfriend, girlfriend, but we were together for a year and we're not seeing other people. We spent um, the majority of our free time together, but I do remember he was like invited to like, um, I think maybe he was invited to a wedding. I think he got invited actually without a date for that. So I'll I'll take that one off. But I remember it was like Thanksgiving and, um, Everyone, my friends, maybe my family thought I was going to be spending it with him, but he wanted to spend it separate and I like not even hang out with me for dessert. So I was just like very hurt by that because I think that's like as we approach the holidays and people are perhaps seeing someone at this point that's in a newer space, not necessarily like your second date, but like maybe you've been dating for a month. I think... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're the therapist. I'm not a therapist yet, but I feel like, I feel like if, you know, there's holiday parties and, and, or family things, or just spending time like with the person, like, and you're not included in that and you're doing kind of your separate things. I think that's an indication that the other person isn't super serious. What do you think? Right. Yeah. If they're kind of keeping you at bay rest of their life, yeah, you're, you're going to start to wonder really, really, what is this about? And look, I don't want to generalize this across the board because there are, you know, differences and it is right. important to engage the person in conversation because right. let's just say, and I'm not you know, talking about your specific uh, situation here, but, you know, there may be a situation where um, a person doesn't want to bring their partner around the family because of some complicated dynamic that they have with their family. And right. look, if that's the case, that's okay, but communicate about it. Because if not, then we're kind of left as a partner, just like, with the perception that they don't want us there. They want to keep us separate. Maybe they're not serious about me and we're going to form our own conclusions. And then that can further affect us because if we feel like we're not being valued or cared for, we may pull away and then the relationship that was going well is now fractured. So if there is some sort of, legitimate reason and or concern as to why you're not kind of integrating things, mm-hmm. discuss it. That's just so important. Yeah, that's really good advice. Yeah. That just being over you know, communicate, like you say. I know for a fact that my situation, like I just wanted to his family I had met his family um a couple times before just it was not intentional, but I met them. I mean, on his part, I should say. But so they were lovely, at least from what I could see. And I think they had a really yeah. good relationship. So I think he just didn't want me there. But I think like if you're unsure, yeah, definitely if to communicate that to your to your partner that maybe there's a reason that you're not inviting them around or something like that. So the other person doesn't feel bad. Because when that happened with me, I definitely did pull back. And then we wound up breaking up event, my doing because I just felt like, um, you know, he wasn't 
serious about me and I felt like I deserved more in a relationship. Right, um, right. Sure. Yeah. Like you want to know that there's some sort of forward momentum and that you are, yeah, you know, yeah. including one another in yeah. all of the relationships that are important in your life. Yeah, totally. I've, totally. Okay. So before we switch on to dating with kids, is there anything else on the science um, subject matter that or, that you think we missed? Or, and then we'll go on to dating with kids and some of the um, other obstacles that could perhaps create, um, I don't want to say a, a hiccup, but for, for, you know, maybe like a little bit more of a cumbersome situation when you're dating someone. Yeah. So um, besides, you know, what we kind of talked about, which is when we're, you know, focus on the we, so integrating your lives and also mm-hmm. focusing on the future, um, you'll start to notice that there's this increase in vulnerability or openness. Mm-hmm. And so like everyone is different. Some of us tend to be more guarded than others. And that can be because of, you know, how we were raised, past relationship experiences. But mm-hmm. no matter where you start, as we become more comfortable with one another, we're not only like letting people into our lives with others, but just even into our own personal thoughts and feelings. So we, we become more open. Um, that's important, the increased vulnerability. There's also um, a tendency to really understand one another better. And this is a big one that I always talk about, even when I'm doing couples therapy, is the idea of emotional bids. And emotional bids are, it really came out of um, John Gottman's work, Mm -hmm. which is when we are, we turn towards one another, we respond to a person's bid, which is basically just a request for connection. Mm. And these bids can be verbal, such as, you know, can you come spend some time with me? Or I want to hang out with you or come here Mm -hmm. and give me a hug. Or these bids can be nonverbal and it could just be putting out your hand to hold your partner's hand. Mm -hmm. And as we tend to get closer and as we start advancing in our relationships, our partners should become more attuned to our emotional bids, which is basically just showing that they are trying to form that quality connection with us mm-hmm. and they're, you know, understanding who we are and what we need. And if they don't, is that a sign that they may not be interested in us or they're just not, as you put earlier, um, mismatched values perhaps or mismatched emotions maybe? It could be that maybe they're not interested. It could be that they're missing the signals entirely. You know, um, it could also just be that they're like, you know, different people with different approaches to relationships. So, Mm -hmm. you know, for example, a person who likes public displays of affection might want to, you know, be very touchy feely out in public and, you know, might have a bid where they go to like kiss their partner or hug their partner and the other person might pull away. Mm -hmm. Um, And it goes back to what I was saying before is it's really, really important to bring these things out in the open so that you're not having a perception oh, this person isn't interested in me or isn't into me when in fact it's just miscommunication or different styles early on. So it could be a potential red or yellow flag, but it isn't necessarily. So have those important conversations. Got it. That's a good segue. And we're going to jump around a little bit into the couples therapy. I think Um, in the importance of doing that, going to that, if you are 
dating or even, I mean, some, I think people have the misconception that if they're dating and they need to go to couples therapy, then they should break up. What are your, what are your thoughts about that? Well, you're speaking to someone who's biased here in the sense that like, I'm, <laughs> I agree. I'm, I'm on your page, but I, I just want your take because I hear that all the time from people. I'm like, you know, I mean, yeah, I guess you're going because there's an issue, but you're going because you care about each other and you want to work out right. the issue, right? Exactly. exactly. Um, I am a huge proponent of, of therapy. I don't even think that you need to enter therapy when there is an issue. Mm. Um, I That's a great point. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I, I see lots of couples who are, you know, we've been together for X amount of time. We are considering the next stage in our life, which is maybe to get engaged, to get married. Um, and we want to just understand one another better. And we want to even just make sure that our values are aligned. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to make sure that we're hitting all of the topics that, you know, couples may have trouble with. And that could be things like, uh, finances or whether or not to have children or just how to parent children or, you know, anything. So they want to kind of bring more difficult topics out into the open and a safe, supportive atmosphere. And I think that that is so great and so important. And, um, even just as individuals, therapy could be so beneficial because it helps us understand ourselves better. Like it's a great place for self reflection, which can build self-awareness. So, um, if you are in, you know, if you're an individual who wants to learn more, if you're a couple who wants to just set your partnership up on the right trajectory, go seek out a therapist. It can really be life-changing. I agree. I definitely do. I think it's important, as you say, like to go, maybe it's not everybody, but like, it's, it's good to go before you have an issue. Um, Mm -hmm. because issues certainly come up in everything. There's ebbs and flows in every relationship, friendships, what have you. So it's just good to have like a clean slate and sort of like be very self-aware, both, both parties. Um, what are some of the, I guess, issues that you might see in people who are not married that you kind of navigate? Like if you can maybe pick a, a couple that come to mind. Um, is it more about getting married and that kind of thing? Um, like one, one, one wants you and one's not sure yet or wants to wait. I see a lot of, I see that. Um, and I don't even want to say necessarily that it's like one wants to get married and one doesn't, mm-hmm. but, um, maybe even just like mismatched timelines. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, one person's ready to move to that next stage now and then maybe the other person because of you know it could be things that are going on with their career maybe they're more career focused or there might be instability with their career or maybe um they are afraid of how like marriage may change their relationship or Mm -hmm. have seen marriages you know end and that's just something that they're worried about there's all sorts of things that can kind of affect our desire to take it to the next level. So that that's one big thing. And another one, I see a lot of people who are wanting to work on their communication skills. And mm-hmm. and specifically within that, um, one partner might be someone who, when we have a problem, I want to talk about it right here and now, and I want to resolve it. And then you have another person who just gets so... Um, you know, emotionally overwhelmed in dealing with the problem in that moment that they need a break or they need to take time off to just kind of process their feelings. 
and that mismatch right now, one approach is not right. One approach is not wrong. They're just different approaches. But when couples have that experience, it can almost feel like they're just bumping, you know, up against one another and just not able to resolve difficult situations. Yeah. So how do you navigate that in like a minute or less? What are some of the things you share with them? Like to kind of, kind of, especially if they're on different timelines, like it, it might be frustrating for the person who is ready, but then you can't pressure the person who's not ready to mm-hmm. take a step that they're not ready to take. Right. Mm-hmm. So for, so in a minute or less, <laughs> for, for, yeah. for each So for each of those, um, the first one, for the people who are on different timelines, it's really about highlighting for them how they feel about one another and the relationship. So if love is there, there's a caring partnership, just kind of like underscoring that and then taking the time to explore with each of them, well, what is the reason for wanting this now or not wanting this now? And often you'll bring to light a whole bunch of things that people might not even been aware of that are affecting them in terms of like, you know, I have this fear or, um, I have this concern about marriage or about not getting married. And once you can bring those to the surface, honest conversations can happen. And usually people will start to, um, kind of come to like a a place where they can make decisions going forward that are more in tune with one another's needs. That's interesting. Yeah, because it may not even be about marriage. I mean, Mm -hmm. they want to get married, obviously, but it may be more that they want a commitment or maybe they're not living in the same location and they want to be together or, you know, but it's sort of in their subconscious and the marriage would be kind of like be like the solution, I guess. So they're focusing on that, like subconsciously, not intentionally. Yeah. Right. And I think sort of see that I, I can reflect on maybe doing that. Not right, like, my, Yeah. Yeah. Right. Maybe they think it's marriage, but it's not marriage. It is a commitment, as you say, like that's, you know, like definitely one possibility, but then mm-hmm. also like, the person who may be more hesitant, mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe they have fears. Like maybe, um, you know, they're they're concerned about their ability to have like a financially secure future because something is going on in their career, or maybe they're worried about losing some of their independence. And sometimes mm-hmm. people are aware of these concerns because like they've processed them and they've thought about them. Um, and sometimes they're aware, sometimes they're not aware. And even if you are aware, sometimes you haven't vocalized them to your partner and process them together. So just even bringing this out can be so beneficial for people. That's awesome. That's really good advice. I love that. Okay. So we are going to wrap up a little bit. Um, Any other quick things that you think are important to bring up with the couples therapy or just in general with mismatched values? If um, you have mismatched values, how to navigate that with your partner, or is that a red flag and you should just be like, that should just be like a deal breaker? What do you think? It depends um, on what the value is, how integral it is to your worldview and your life. Um, And it also kind of depends upon um, 
I guess the, the time in your life as well, because, you know, we, we change, we evolve, we grow. So if, you know, you haven't had many life experiences and let's just say like, you know, you're very, very career focused, um, you may continue to be career focused throughout your life or that may start to shift. So Mm -hmm. this is like a very, very like important value for you. Like, let's say, um, for you, you are a person who is like deeply religious and this Mm -hmm impacts all Mm -hmm. different areas of your life and how you choose to live your life, then you're going to want to find someone who is either open to adopting that kind of lifestyle or who shares a similar lifestyle. Um, It doesn't mean that, you know, if you meet a person who isn't, you have to just like end the relationship at that point, but Mm -hmm. it is worth investigating. This is important to me. This is important to my future. How open are you to this? And, and having those conversations, if I can share one thing, it's, you know, don't stand on ceremony. A lot of people are afraid to have conversations about serious topics early on because they have this preconceived notion, like that if they get too deep, they might push another person away. If something is important to you Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, maybe not on the first date, but if you start- <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could you be have- a, kind of a scary yeah, thing, yeah. but yeah, it's much soon, but yeah. if you start to see that this is a person that you can envision a life with, and you were interested in continuing to see them have those conversations because it's important to get everything out in the open. Yeah, that's good advice. That's really good advice. Don't shy away from it. Because if it is going to be an issue where you do have that mismatched value, better to know sooner than later. So you're not investing all this time. If it's something that isn't resolvable, or maybe it is resolvable, and then you can kind of clear the air, so to speak. Great, great, great. great. Love it. All right, Dr. Marissa T. Cohen, tell everybody where they can find you who wants to connect and all that good stuff. Yeah, so you can find me using my website, and that's www.marissatcohen.com, and that's Marissa with one S, and it has all links to any upcoming events, all my social media accounts, and lots of useful dating and relationship information. Awesome stuff. All right, well, thank you. We appreciate you. Have a great day. Good weekend. You too. Thank you for having me. Sure. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Race for the Ring. Today's episode was produced by Liz Hartshorn and edited by Danielle Gordon. I so appreciate your ear and insight. And if you like today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast, just like a dull dude can be the kiss of death. Be sure to check out my new book, You Don't Need to Be a Bitch to Be a Boss. It's available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. And say hi to me on Instagram. I'm at Mindy.Barnett. See you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 